Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep. In store or online at mattressfirm.com today. All right, we're back. Finally, another another Carolina podcast. First one we've done in a couple of weeks. That is not my fault. Direct all of your gripes to at West Mitchell GC. He's here with Chris Clark. Didn't he have a dentist appointment? Wasn't that your initial reason? I had a dentist appointment at 9.20 a.m. Wednesday, and I texted y'all on Monday and said, yeah. let's record any other time this entire week, and you were like, no. Okay. A little busy. Might yep. be true. Happy birthday to your wife, Chris. Belated birthday. Thank you. And Wes, I hope you enjoyed you know sleeping in or whatever yeah. you were doing <laughs> those other days that we couldn't record, but it's all right. Um, y'all had plenty of stuff going on. Y'all are both... Y'all are both here. We're recording this Thursday morning, so I guess I'll apologize in advance. A lot of the things that we're about to talk about may be dated by the time you hear this. I don't anticipate that they will be, but that is a possibility. Um, it's also early. Y'all had a long day yesterday, the first day of the late signing period. What's that day like for y'all now? Obviously, the early signing period is more busy in terms of guys committing, but as I'm looking at both of you right now, it seems like yesterday was still a little bit of a long day. It was Thanks. a long day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Actually, you're uh, multiple you, you look, people. You look pretty well quaffed. Like you, you look like you washed your hair recently. I didn't. You didn't. But, uh, no. I guess it's just short enough. That I it definitely matter. didn't. Yeah. yeah, I can. I can tell with Chris. Uh, His hair's a little you. bit longer. Um, 
I didn't watch mine either. You can tell too. Yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> weird. Like the the early signing day is completely hectic. Um, yesterday wasn't hectic. It was just obviously trying to track the Jordan Birch thing and then trying to see what was going on after that. Um, you know, and I did the whole Northwestern thing, going to see Jakari Caldwell too. So yesterday was more like driving for me, I guess. Yeah, I did. That's why your hair looks better. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I didn't do as much driving. No, no. Wes helped. Uh, he covered Rock Hill. I stayed back. But yeah, it it was a long day just because um you know the volume wasn't as much, but just I guess because of how the announcements were sort of stacked, you had you know obviously when you get up in the morning, you're getting ready content wise for a lot of things, and then um, Jakari Caldwell at ten, and then what time did the stuff with uh, Gilbert? Edmund come about it was sometime in between that was right after Jordan Jakari, Bur- he was I right after like Jakari so after yes yeah, so we had him and then we had Jordan Birch and then obviously Jordan Birch was not uh, finished at that time it's still it, not finished as still of not finished 20 and 42 seconds on Thursday morning right and so <laughs> the the rest of the afternoon was devoted to pushing out some more content and all that but also you know working the Jordan Birch situation, trying to figure out what was going on, and that's what happened up until last night. And y'all needed a a little bit of emotion management after the after the Birch drama. Is that my understanding? Did y'all go together? Do y'all have a place after a long day of recruiting stuff? We did enjoy some uh, host signing. Yeah, we don't. We don't go together. Normally... Yeah, we did. Okay, good. I like to know that y'all are friends outside of work. This needs to be an. It's going to be a new. Um... New tradition. Tradition, I feel like, post-signing yeah. day. I, I feel like it should be. I mean, especially the early signing period. I'm surprised you didn't have to have to do that. But wait, y'all, y'all want to give any place a shout-out for hosting y'all? Nah. Uh, no, it needs they, to be sponsored. Yeah, huh? no. Yeah, no, but I, I think maybe they'll hear it and they'll want to sponsor it if, if they know that it's your favorite place to go recoup after a long day of recruiting. I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to. I don't think but we point should is, give it away. It was, a, it was a stressful day for the two. Yeah, that, that's true, too, because you don't want people bothering you. Coming up, not because you're of that. To enjoy <laughs> not a, because of that. Are you trying to enjoy a brewski? Be like, hey, where's where's Birch going? Because that's going to be a Wes at one point had many days. many a text yeah, yesterday sure. when he showed me his phone. Yeah, I, you'll probably both do right now. Like, do y'all just have like thirty five unanswered messages each? I didn't. It, it made me feel bad about myself. I didn't have as many texts as he did. I had, uh, last night, I just put my phone <laughs> down finally. I was like, I'm not answering anything right now. Uh-huh. And I had sixty three texts. Whew. Ask just just asking. About Jordan Birch, yeah. So sixty-three uniques, wow. uniques, yeah, not, <laughs> as they would say. <laughs> not one person texting you about Birch sixty-three times, <laughs> right? Well, although no. that wouldn't surprise me. Either. No, no, not at all. So obviously, that's a. It's been a peculiar situation. I think we can say it like that, and we'll get into we'll get into a little bit more here in just a second. But both of y'all were at Hammond for the for the boogie signing, and Jordan Birch was there too. <laughs> I guess just as I can. He was there for the recruiting nerds. Um, but y'all got to meet someone very important. Yes. In the another Carolina podcast universe, the only reason that I'm here right now, <laughs> or like half of the reason that I'm here right now, Ann Fowler, who has made an appearance on this podcast before, because she gets mad when I, you know, use the fuck word and stuff like that on here. <laughs> Y'all got to meet my mom yesterday. How did y'all didn't recognize her? Did she just pick y'all out because y'all were wearing Gamecock Central stuff? I yeah. Well, I, I pointed out Chris because she came up to me. I had a Gamecock Central shirt on, 
And she was yeah. like, Wes, Chris? And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm Wes. And then she introduced herself. Cool. And then um, we chatted about you. Was that before I, or after the signing? That was after. Yeah. Okay. Um, chatted about you and how you have a dirty mouth and yeah. how you're opinionated. And um, then I pointed her to where Chris was, and she went and talked to him as well. Cool. Yes. I, I enjoyed meeting her. She's a very nice lady. That's interesting to hear you say that. Uh, does my <laughs> existence make more or less sense having met Ann now? Not sure how to answer that. Um, well, no, but like sometimes you meet people and it's like, oh, no, I completely get why you are the way that you are because you're just like, you know, whomever. I mean, still think you're very unique. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good yeah, to I know. would say that. I think I'm a little more like my dad anyway. So, oh, really? Makes sense. So, I you haven't met your dad you, yet? No, yeah. I was just curious what y'all's take was having met. Next ceremony, send him over and then we'll, <laughs> yeah. then we'll assess I'll, from there. I'll do it. Um, who you're more like. Then. You know, maybe we'll meet your cousin. Then we'll yeah, just, just meet the whole family. Come for yeah. Thanksgiving. But she she was very nice, and um, she she was uh, she was very happy that you get to you know spend time with this, us. Spend time with oh, us good. mainly. Good, but good. no, but to she have, knows how much I enjoy it. To have right to have um, you know, an an outlet to project your talents. Mm-hmm. Wow, sounds like you're talking shit about me the whole time. <laughs> no, I said talents. <laughs> You paused. It's okay. Well, I was, I, I, I was I'm having trouble coming up with words yeah. this morning. Yeah. So. yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Um, what do y'all want to talk about? Um, I, I think we should just we should do a parent cast where we just bring all of our parents in, and I don't know what exactly we would do from there. Uh, your mom's active on social media, Wes. She's like some of our our tweets or tweeting outs of the podcast. Yes. Uh, Chris, yes. are either of your parents active on social media? No. Um, my mom, uh, my dad passed away in March 2018. My mom is on Facebook, but like doesn't really keep up with like sports and stuff. She she doesn't really. She she watches Carolina games and stuff. My dad kept up some, um, like on Facebook and stuff. Twitter he he didn't really do. My brother my brother could come in here and be very savvy to all the mm. social media stuff and That's all good. that. Yeah, my mom wouldn't. I don't even know if she knew why y'all were there yesterday. Is it, well, I guess I guess she knows just because Hammond, but otherwise she would have had no idea. So why was she there? She works there. Okay. Yeah. I thought she's the so. she's the dance teacher and she's the head of like service learning, so all their like community service stuff. Um, puts together like Ted and she's working on dance marathon over there right now. But she texted right. me and she was like, Hey, are Wes and Chris gonna be here? And I was like, Yeah. Um and she was like, I wish I knew them so I could go say hey. And I was like, Well, they'll probably be wearing Gamecock Central stuff, so just see if you can go find them. So text them up. Text her a description of <laughs> Yeah. Uh they look like they're 33, <laughs> and work for Gamecock Central. There you go. That narrows it down. <laughs> yeah, they're probably going to look sleepy and a little bit annoyed. <laughs> um, all right, so he's sitting up there at the podium is Birch, and he's got the – So it's, it's not a placard, but it's not a note card. It's like a nice little piece. Of, I don't know. It's almost like a uh, – what do you call this stuff? Stationary. It says Jordan Birch. It's got a little Gamecock on it, which means either South Carolina or Jacksonville State. Although I think their Gamecock design might be a little bit different. It's different, yeah. It's different, yeah, because yeah. they, they wouldn't have any reason to have the block seat. But the point is, he's sitting up there. He's got that on his thing. He committed to South Carolina back in December. Everyone's expecting him to sign with South Carolina. He has the South Carolina thing on his name tag. He puts on the South Carolina hat. Did y'all know that whole time that he was not putting pen to paper or had not put pen to paper early, earlier that morning, or did you find out like kind of as the afternoon unfolded like the rest of us did? Um, We didn't... I, well, I'll speak for myself, I guess. I didn't know if he had possibly already 
sent it in because you know that's I, I believe Boogie sent his in that morning, and that's a, a lot of none. Most of these ceremonies these days, you're they're not actually signing a letter of intent. It's it's a blank piece of paper or a <laughs> copy of the original or something like that. They're not actually signing most of the time. Guys, go ahead and send it in. So I I knew that the ceremony itself was probably not a signing. And then I was told right before, hey, he, he's not signing anything mm. during this. Although he did, I honestly never, didn't even realize at the time that he did sign a blank piece of paper. Um, but that was just basically for show because that's what these ceremonies are. But I, you know, I was told right before, hey, this is not a signing ceremony. And I was <laughs> like, interesting. And, but I didn't know if maybe he had sent it in previously. And then we got word you know, a little bit later on that obviously he had not sent it in. So there were conflicting reports. I think initially people were like, cool, put pen and paper, put the hat on, had a bunch of people tweeting me pictures of Jordan with the hat on. It seemed kind of like a done deal. And I think most people know that that it's just a ceremony and that it actually goes on either before or after in terms of signing the actual thing and sending it in. Maybe not facts, but, you know, e-signature or, you know, whatever the case is now that it's 2020. But DC had a tweet afterwards where he was like, they're not doing any interviews, but I asked him if he signed the whatever, and he said yes. And then there was another tweet, I think, from Josh Kendall, where apparently Jordan's mom said that it hadn't been sent in. So you were told, Wes, by whom? And then what was like? What was the misinformation there? Where did the wires get crossed in the subsequent like hour or two? I was told what? I mean, you were told before the ceremony that it wasn't a signing ceremony. Mm. But then there were conflicting reports afterwards about whether or not there was actually a signing. Like, did, did Eric tell you? Did Barnes tell you? Did Chris tell you? You can't. Maybe you can't say who told you. That's fine. But I'm just. I'm wondering. There was a lot of miscommunication here, and like there were some questions even heading into a Muschamp's press conference yesterday afternoon about whether or not the letter had actually been received. Mm. How is this... I don't understand how this became so obfuscated. Like, who is protecting what information from whom? Is this no, the university blocking this? Is this Will? Is this the Birch family? Is this Hammond? No, I mean, I don't think anybody's blocking anything. I, I think... Well, there's a difference between signing something. Well, I think, first of all, when you have a ceremony, the the impression is that there's a reason that he's signing something. And you put your the school on your thing and you put the hat on. Yes, and we were told in December that they all wanted to sign together. So then I think I think here's the disconnect. Because all, all these things can be true at the same time. The disconnect is they were having a ceremony. Then Jordan says whatever he said, which was very brief. And then he did sign something. Yeah. Ceremoniously, basically. So the thought process, and then from a media standpoint, people are saying, oh, he he, he signed. And I watched the live stream they all had on Gamecock Central. Excellent. I don't know who the cinematographer was for that beautiful piece of video, but just did an outstanding job. But he stands up there and he says, you know, I'm going to spend the next couple of years with, what do you say, three or the next three or four years with like four of my best friends or three yeah. of my best friends or three of my friends or, you know, something like that, alluding to 
the other three guys that were mm-hmm. sitting up there at tables with him that are also going to South Carolina. So it was more than heavily implied, it felt like to me. Yeah, it, same. So, But then I think, because we were sitting there like, um, you know, okay, how, because we had, we had a story ready saying he's signed, and we're like, well, we can't put that out yet. Yeah, still in your draft and, box? Yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. Well, we, we ended up having to edit it and put something out. Um, and it's like, well, what what do we know? Like, what has happened? And then, so I, I think when when then people saw him signing something, it gets it gets put on Twitter. You know, he signed, which because yeah. people saw him sign something. Yeah, but then time goes by, school has not received the letter of intent. So now. You know, I, I still believe from everything we've heard that Jordan himself has signed the actual letter of intent. Now, you know. Wait, you think that he has? He just hasn't sent it. Yeah. So a different, you know. Now, to, to let me jump in real quick. So it's not uncommon for a prospect to ceremoniously sign a piece of paper at a mm-hmm. ceremony. Sometimes um, maybe a prospect will have signed in December and participate in a February signing or whatever. Um, sometimes, um, you know, that they've sent in the letter that morning because they or the school or both want to get the letter in early, so mm-hmm. it's done. It's like graduating and then, early and then, like, walking in May or something. Right, right. So, you have, you know, you may send in the letter at 8 a.m., but your school ceremony is at 3, and so you do sort of a photo op. So, you know, one I did see one document that looked sort of official mm-hmm. circulating yesterday that was not for Jordan. It was for another prospect. Mm-hmm. I think it may have even been Jackson's paperwork, whatever he signs. I saw something like that. Was it from earlier? Was it Did he sign it just then? I don't know. Another prospect that was there had already signed in December, right? Didn't we hear that? Somebody had signed in December but just sort of kept it quiet and now, you know, participated in this so that they could all sign together. So, so the school already had the, the, the school – that he signed with whom he signed had already had his paperwork, and then he just didn't yeah. make it official until yeah. yesterday. And, and you yeah, could yeah. do that yeah. either in December yeah. or for the February period. So the point is, what Jordan did yesterday, signing for show or whatever, is not uncommon. So I think the uncommon thing about this one is that we've now had two signing day ceremonies, or or whatever you want to call it, an announcement and then a ceremony, and then we've had two signing day press conferences for Will Muschamp. And it's still not officially done. That's sort of the, that's the uncommon thing. Not that, you know, the semantics yeah, about yeah, him signing. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I think it's safe to say the letter of intent was expected to be in, and then, yeah, it just didn't. I don't think anybody expect. I think <laughs> probably some people, or not even probably, people went into that day knowing. All right. It's not a done deal that this letter is going in today, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody knew that was a possibility because of how this one has gone. But I think people thought, okay, I guess maybe hopefully it'll get done or it should get done. But nobody knew. And we, we heard some of that before the ceremony, right? I mean, that, hey, we'll have to see, you know, if the letter gets in or not. And then it didn't. So. And you were finding out, I mean, did you find out at the same time as Wes? Did you find out in the aftermath like everybody else? Yeah, pretty much, I guess. Well, yeah. and we, it's here's the thing, it's happening it's happening in real time. So and and because it's literally un completely unpredictable. You know, the the letter of intent is not in until it's in, you know, like we're we're sitting there waiting on 
the press conferences start. And we're like, well, you know, maybe it came in five minutes before. Yeah, I, well, yeah so, I, so I was doing the press conference live for 107.5, and I put the headset on, you know, a couple minutes before he throws it to me. And he's like, oh, you know, so, you know, it, it sounds like maybe the letter has come in in the last five minutes. And I was like, if it has, like, if, if the letter has come in since I put this headset on and blocked out the outside world, I would have no idea. But, like, when I put this on, the people sitting next to me in the press conference room were like, how has this not happened? And it mm-hmm. wasn't until Will Muschamp said, we're really excited about the four guys we signed today. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess they still don't have the paperwork. But it's just, it's odd that it's so ambiguous because it seems like it would be really cut and dry. USC, do you have the paperwork? No. Got it. Boom. But the, like I said, it's the, the weirdest part about this is all the misinformation. And, well, and, and not even see, like misinformation, see, but nobody knew. And see, but South Carolina can't comment. They can't say we haven't received. They can't really comment they at can, all. They, they couldn't say like we have received four letters of intent today or anything like that? Well, that's what they did. Yeah. yeah. I, guess, I guess once Will got to the podium. But it was just weird that there was like that four-hour window, essentially. Three-and-a-half-hour window. Where, where nobody was 100% sure what was happening or, or what was going to happen. And but I that, guess people are even, still in love Even with that it. is actually pretty common because you have, I mean, there's, there's, all, there's always the chance that, I mean, we've seen it happen before. A guy has a ceremony and then there's a delay between the letter of intent getting in. Oh, yeah. and so, didn't that happen with Clowney? Sometimes. Because he, he, like, he signed on signing day and then wanted to no, he wait until his on, birthday? No, he signed on February 14th. Yeah, he actually oh, he signed, signed on day. his birthday? Yeah. Okay. Um, Did he announce on? I, I feel like I remember there being some kind of delay there. Well, he announced, he announced and signed and on, on, on the 14th. Okay, all right. In um, February. But, but yeah, it's like the um, – sometimes it's just as, as simple as like one piece of paper didn't get sent in basically. Well, that's why I asked like, Chris. We had Chris on the halftime show yesterday, and I was like, how, how many stories have you heard of just like guys sending faxes to the wrong places or, you know, basically paperwork just getting lost in the shuffle like that? And I didn't know if that was a possibility in terms yeah, of what happened uh, yesterday, but it doesn't sound like it. No, no. I mean, even, and, and yesterday, like Gilbert Edmond came in, we all got a, a notification like right before Muschamp walked in and, and thought maybe it was going to be Jordan and it was Gilbert Edmond, and he, he had signed earlier in the day. You it, know? Yeah, it's just. Uh, this one, everybody's paying way more attention to the gap in between. Oh, yeah. But, but South Carolina wasn't, I mean, when there's a five-hour gap between, or whatever hour gap, three-hour gap, between Edmund announcing and signing, they're not giving updates like, hey, we still haven't received Edmund. We still haven't received Edmund. You know, it's just, we're sitting there saying, okay, mate, you know, they're probably working on this, and I'm sure they were wanting to get it done before the press conference. Mm-hmm. So, and then if, even if you get it done two minutes before, then it was a non-story that it wasn't in yet. You know, it's all, we were just working through it. Mm-hmm. But, so I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're waiting, like you're delaying, delaying, delaying. But then, I mean, there, there's just not much, there's not, at that point, there's not much much champ can do because he can't comment, you know, directly on it at all. So he just has to stand up there and talk about the other guys, which if, if you know, y'all remember, it's the same thing during the initial one mm-hmm. is that you're sitting there saying, you know, is is it in yet? And then he, he <laughs> obviously couldn't comment. So uh it, it's 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 weird. I've I've honestly never followed one like this. I think Chris would probably agree as well, um, as he shakes his head over there. Um but yeah, so it's crazy. It's weird because this has obviously been a ton of drama. But I saw I think it was you, Chris, had 
the Thursday morning update on Birch up on GamecockCentral.com right now, and you said you know he's he's not a he's not a dramatic kid, and we talked about this through through his entire recruitment leading up to signing day back in December. We were like, it's not like he's been you know vocally in support of one school and then switching his you know his his commitment flip flopping anything like that. He just kept it close to the vest. He didn't say anything. He committed to South Carolina. There was very little fanfare. And, you know, even this time around, like, he went to LSU, but it's not like he said anything. He's not like he said, I'm reopening my recruitment or anything like that. It's fascinating that someone that says so little can stir up so much drama. Well, th- there's a couple components to it. So, one, yeah, Jordan, none of this is, like, his doing. Um, you know, w- there are kids in recruiting that stir up drama. I've had recruits, you know, I had one recruit, several years ago, highly rated guy, tell me that he was going to put out a top five and he was going to put it out in the opposite order of what it actually was. So it was a top five. The school that was listed as number five was actually number one, so on and so forth, right? So that is, now, is that like the worst thing in the world? No, not to me, but... But it's just needlessly complicated. Right, so... He did that just to have some fun, whatever. Which, I mean, you can do if you want. Yeah, yeah. But, it, it might so, drive people crazy, but... So that's that's a little bit of drama. Or, you know, there, there was a kid uh, at a signing day press... Uh, uh, an announcement. I don't know if it was on signing day. I think it was. I can't even remember who it was, where he ended up going. But he had on, like, three or four shirts. Mm. So he opened one. Everybody thought it was that school. He took that one off. He took that one off. There were, like, three or four different shirts. Um, and then underneath all of them was a tattoo on his chest. That's a little dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, or just doing other things, you know, like a prospect himself lying to a bunch of schools. All right. So those things happen. None of those have happened with right. Jordan. None of them. So you've got that. Um, then when a kid, when a kid is more quiet, it tends to stir up more speculation. Then just in this day and age of social media and following recruiting and how connected everybody is, People, I don't even, lack of a better term, <clears throat> I'm not really faulting him for it, but people freak out. You know, when Jordan took that late visit to Georgia, he's gone. It's over, he's going to Georgia. Well, no, it's not over. He, he's not going to Georgia. Okay, I think Carolina fans realize that they, they were dealing with found money here in the first place. Like, it was always a sense of, can't believe Birch has actually made the decision to come to Carolina when he could have gone to LSU, when he could have gone to all these other places. Um, and so just... Like, oh, well, you know, I was always expecting that's kind of the emotional hedge of it all. So I think it was probably easier for them to believe that there was going to be a late flip just based on the fact that it never felt like Carolina really deserved to get Birch after going 4-8 and eight this season. Well, I mean, it, it's, you know, and, and part of this, this one's unique, so I don't even want to lump it into this category, but things um, similar to this happen more when you're dealing with big-time recruits. Mm-hmm. If you play in that sandbox, you're going to lose some guys. You're going to, you know, it happens just about everywhere. This one's even unique from, from, you know, this one's unique even from a lot of those. But, but yeah, the point I just want to drive home is that Jordan Birch is not, I've had people message me. I've seen a lot on social media, on our message boards, et cetera, about Jordan is creating this drama. Jordan is doing this and that. He's not. He's not. Um, I think he's comfortable with the decision. It seems like everybody's comfortable with the decision, like everybody, which, makes this delay more confusing and there's not it's hard to explain it's hard to sort of give the rhyme or reason behind it nobody really understands it and so people 
I think I sense that people are getting even a little frustrated from us about not being able to pass on exactly why this is happening. It's not really a good answer to it. You know, it's just, I mean, when you turn in a letter, it's done. And the reality is you have until you have from yesterday, which was the start of the signing period, until April 1st. It's 60 days. Yeah. It's the national signing period, not necessarily just national signing day. Also, worth pointing out, well, not even pointing out, let me ask you, because I heard this yesterday and I want to fact check it with you two gurus. Is it true that you don't even need to sign a letter of intent? You don't have to. So, so technically, this true, could yeah. drag all the way out to April 1st, and Birch could sign no pieces of paper, and then he could still go wherever he wants after that? Technically, I think so. Yeah. Cool. I mean... So, Carolina fans, I, yeah, don't at, hold your breath. At, well, <laughs> at some point, you have to sign financial aid yeah, agreement. I don't papers, know like, right? the I don't, timeline, You et could probably do that right before you yeah. enroll. I mean, he's he's a, I mean, a big enough prospect that the well, schools are going to hold out for him. That see, I, I think that that is the other because I feel like this thing has so many laser layers, local kit. and lasers. Yeah, that would be actually really that'd cool. be way awesome. Um, Talk about a dramatic signing ceremony. I'm su- I'm surprised that's not a thing yet. <laughs> like you know, with drones yeah. coming down to oh, or yeah. something. We just gave someone um, a great idea. Yeah. So here's the thing, local kid, I think makes it even more intriguing because people have heard about this guy locally for you know for a while now but he's so highly rated if 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 he was a mid three star or something <laughs> then a he he frankly he wouldn't have the power to be able to just wait because schools would just be like well we're mo- we're moving on yeah so the fact that he is a five star he is this highly recruited um he is an elite talent on the defensive line that that's what makes all this um, possible to have even happened in the first place. But I, I do I want to say, um, and and I'm not saying this even, you know, to like blindly defend the kid. I'm saying this more because from the people we have talked to that have spent a lot of time with Jordan Birch, they all say he's a great kid. Like they say he's got a great personality that. He's a great teammate. His teammates love him. Um, he does everything that's asked of him. You know, he this isn't him. You know, that's controlling this. So, I um, I hate to see, and and I I get it because um, what's being projected right now is that Jordan, just by the actions, is being you know dramatic and is causing issues, and especially because he's a five-star national recruit. I mean, it, it was talked about on Feinbaum yesterday, you know, like it's – and people are giving their opinion on a situation uh, without knowing all the facts. But the reason for that is that there isn't a way to know all the facts because everything's being basically cut off. Yeah, so insulated. Insulated, yeah, there's a good word. But, yeah, but I, I think it's, it's worth saying um, as we now – hit like our 20th minute of talking about Jordan That's what Burke. Pearson said. He allotted um, 20 minutes for it. it is yeah. just, it it's, is it's, it's been a little more than that, which is fine. Because, I mean, there, there, there are so many angles yeah, but it, to talk about this, especially yeah. when you factor in, like you said, there's 60 days for this to happen, and it doesn't even have to happen. So, yeah. But he, he, I we, think, should, should we expect a summary? Some, great kid. And, and I'm going to answer your question before you before you ask it. We don't know when, but but I, I think it, it could get resolved today. You know, I think that's the best case. Yeah, it also case. could have gotten resolved yesterday. It also Scenario. could have gotten resol- resolved in December. Oh, yeah, it could like, have. Yeah. If, if, I, if I 
let's just, I have a gun. I'm telling you right now, I have a gun. It's not a hypothetical. I have a gun with me. I'm going to kill both of you pretty if extreme. you're wrong. You have to tell me, do you think that it will, that this situation will wrap up by the end of this week or any other time in the signing period? Pick one of those two, and if you're wrong, I'm going to kill you. So it's not an option for it to drag on past it. So it's either got to be by April. Oh, okay, sorry. So Sunday is, let's see, 7 Don't add 9th. another scenario. No, no, no Sunday, Sunday is February 9th. Will it happen between Thursday, February 6th, and Thursday, February 9th, or February 10th beyond? You said February 9th. Sunday. Did you mean, oh, okay, between Thursday and Sunday? Yeah, between today, today and this Sunday. morning we're recording, and Sunday, the end of the week. Because the week starts on Monday. Or will it just be sometime later in March? Or or or, or April or May or June or July. Or maybe he'll go to the Canadian Football League. (laughs) Or the XFL. They don't have an age requirement. Yeah, that's true. He can go play for the Tampa Bay Vipers with uh, Tanner McAvoy. Is he on? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, he and Aaron Murray. Wow. Shout out to uh, G.A. Mangus, too, by the way. He's with the uh, New York team. Yeah, coaching quarterback. That's cool. Um. You go first, Wes. No, I, You're on the clock. I'm going to go out on the limb and say this thing is finally over within a week. Okay. Oh, well, that's not that's not the question, but Wesley. I, but I'm, I'm going to make my own rule. But, I, okay, I'll say yes. I think I think it's over by then. By Sunday. By yes. Sunday, February 9th. Wes Mitchell is reporting it here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the letter will be in by Sunday. I mean, what, what do you think? Complete so, guess. So, I'm putting up a story that Wes said that, so I can't Complete answer. Complete guess. But, I mean, are I we mean, talking like... Like that's maybe minus one twenty, and after Sunday is like plus one twenty. <laughs> too many layers. So, okay. what Wes said, I, I think I think I would be on board if I had to vote. I you would do. say yes because I think. But it's going to be close. <laughs> It'll be, it's going to be close. Well, it's obviously going to be close. Eleven fifty eight. It's going to be close. Obviously. So <laughs> I think that. Now keep saying yes, and there's no yes. There's two options. You mean. This week by February ninth, yeah, at eleven fifty nine p.m. and and that honestly that goes against the grain of how the entire thing has gone, right? But my thinking in saying that is that somehow, some way, I don't know how, <laughs> it, that something is going to get through somehow. Something is going to get through somehow. That to, to, that is the uh, best summary of what this entire thing because there's there's not going to be. There's not going to be a forcing of a hand. Like one thing that keeps coming coming up is that so, well, well, our voice, coaches, Chris, you're a writer, our not coach, so much passive voice. Our coaches should just make them sign it. Number one, you can't do that. Number two, that's a bad idea. We, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole as to why, but that's a bad idea. So you just got to wait it out. And so yeah, the way this thing has gone, probably the smarter answer would be. It's probably going to go as long as it possibly can. But I do feel like something's going to happen just because of how much this has been talked about, how much pressure there is now, mm-hmm. how much you know this is out there, where finally it's, it's going to end. And there's really no evidence for that. But if I'm guessing, then yeah. Will Muschamp didn't seem overly concerned about it in the press conference. DC did uh, you know a, a clever ambiguous question if somebody that you were expecting to sign did not sign his letter of intent you know <laughs> would you expect blah 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 which is which is you know great and that was funny and will said i think his exact words were well i'm not going to try to quote him but uh, to paraphrase he said 
we're not worried about it, or I'm not worried about it. Or Said we're going to be fine. About. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Something like that. He didn't that. even smile. I, he had, there was a little bit of a smile there. He even took his glasses off for like kind of dramatic effect. D- does that mean anything? Do you still expect yeah. Jordan Birch to play football at South Carolina next year? Oh, if I had to say, I, I think that's still the most likely scenario. You know, and, and I think that's what's hard for people to reconcile because they go, well, if he's going to be here, why not just sign? Well, again, it is complicated. It's very, it's very complicated. It's very unique. We've never covered one like this, okay? But you just add in all the other factors. All the reasons that he that the family picked South Carolina are still there, you know, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of things that added up in their favor and still do. Nothing's really changed. Um, the 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 reasons for the delay is just it's just a unique deal. So, uh, I would say yes. Um. But I don't really know when there's going to be a resolution to that. Do you think this bothers teammates, people around the program? I, I think, well, maybe at least for the coaching staff, there's an understanding that, like y'all are saying, and I, I'm really enjoying uh, dancing around this, uh, <laughs> there's an understanding that this is not Jordan's fault, that Jordan's not necessarily a dramatic kid, that he just kind of wants to play football from the way I understand it. So the coaching staff probably understands that. For the rest of the guys in the class, I mean, it. at what point does this reach a point of, like, it's causing so much drama that it's maybe going to be an issue in the locker room, if at all? I'm just playing out worst-case scenarios here. Yeah, I mean, I I, I doubt it. If it did come up... I mean, it's like, you know, Zeke holding out for a contract kind of deal is what this feels like. I think if, if there's anybody in the locker room that has not been able to meet Jordan, they would quickly understand that he's not a dramatic guy or a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be very evident. And, um, you know, th- there are other prospects that have <clears throat> had, you know, some type of drama, at least in their, in their own recruitment. So I think, I think that situation would be totally fine. I think Carolina fans are expecting this, you know, like you said, quiet kid, not a lot of drama to be like Zach Pickens, who walked up on stage last year and said, I'm going to South Carolina. Okay, bye. And that was it. Yeah, and on the field. Yeah, and it's been the opposite. Is it fun though? Like this is this is the kind of stuff that like in ten years, when for some reason we're still doing this podcast, I'm like, hey guys, what's the we're we're doing you know signing day twenty thirty, and I'm like, what's the most exciting recruitment you guys have covered? And you're like, yeah, remember when we covered Jordan? And walk in with our canes, yeah, because um, your knees are so bad. No, that one, that one will still. I don't think this one will ever be the most fun. Um, <laughs> so, so it's, so it's not but, even but fun just for the uh, drama. If we're writing a top ten list when we have run out of things to talk about on one day yeah. in the future, and we say top ten craziest recruitments we've oh, ever covered, that's number one. This is going to be the top of the list. So it's at least memorable. So yes, there's something exactly. fun about that. Exactly. Y'all want to talk about some of these other guys that uh, signed? Yeah. There were four guys. That's what Musham said yesterday. <laughs> as, as soon as he said... Four guys, everyone in the press conference went, Ugh. That's <laughs> what happened in the last one, too, in December. Everybody had their number that they yeah. knew. Like, what is it's like, like, one, two, three. It's Aww. like everyone's waiting for 18. 17 guys. <laughs> exact same thing. Uh, but the rest of the guys I got, I mean, a couple of good gets. Uh, Boogie Huntley, who was already committed to South Carolina. No drama there. <laughs> no surprises. Shout out, Boogie. Came on the halftime show yesterday. Is just awesome. Cool kid. Good football player, hopefully. Good lax player. Good gift for South Carolina. Will Muschamp spoke glowingly of his playing other sports and you know how much that contributes to his versatility. Um, and, and I think we talked about it, maybe not last podcast, but the podcast before that, 
just about that, that kind of like cross training as coaches will, you know, watch some of their yeah. prospects play basketball and things like that. So that was, I don't know, maybe the big headliner of yesterday. You could probably uh, argue Zaquandre White, but since we were talking about Birch, the other Hammond kid, Boogie, put, puts pen to paper, great gift for Carolina. Yeah, and I, um, I've become an avid Hammond basketball fan <laughs> as of late. Um, and I'm, I think I'm going to go watch him play lacrosse. I refuse to call it lax, but um, I'm, I'm going to go check this out. For one, I've never been to a lacrosse game. And two, I want to see him run because that, that was one thing Muschamp talked about, seeing him as a freshman, I think, being like, this kid's 280 pounds and can fly. Yeah. Um, and apparently he, this from Boogie himself, he may be a better lacrosse player than he even is a football player. Ooh. So I, I, I'd i like to see that. But, yeah, great kid. He, um, you know, a student body president um, there at Hammond, um, has sort of, I think, a very goal-oriented kid. Like, he's had, he's had it, like, in his head, this is what he wants to do as mm-hmm. far as play college football. Here's a plan to get there. He's worked that plan um, from a very detail-oriented standpoint. And... Um, no, I was happy for him. He seemed laid back, completely just um, content with his decision. Um, family is great, and I, uh, you know, I I think Boogie's got a bright future, man. But I, I think it's just as much about, um, you know, him as a kid, um, and as a person as it is him, you know, as a player. I, don't get me wrong, I think he's a good player too, but <clears throat> I think he's a great locker room guy to have, probably a future uh, leader. Uh, within the program yeah probably a team captain type and you know we, we talk about good kids and stuff like that a lot and you know that's great you you do want to have good kids on your team but you also got to have talented kids you know um and he's both you know so i think i think they're getting the best of both worlds in that he's a guy that's never going to cause any issues very mature um humble guy and he's gonna you never have gonna have any work ethic problems with him he's got i think in some ways he's probably been overshadowed by jordan you know with him being a five-star guy but uh, if Jordan wasn't at Hammond, I mean, Alex would be a really good get. He had a bunch of offers. Um, there's a lot to like there. Uh, we may have done this back in December when we got the verbal commitment from Boogie. Pass rush, run stopping, or balanced? Oh, boy. I'm going to say balanced. Yeah? What do you think? Yeah, I would <clears throat> I would actually lean a little bit more towards run stop right now. Mm. So he's, he's what, about 280 But it's now? close. <laughs> it, it's close. it's close to balance. Yeah. Well, he. What is he now? Did he say yesterday? I mean, because he sort of has fluctuated. Sometimes he's been like two ninety. Sometimes you know. I don't. I don't know. He'll, he? he'll play at three oh five probably. You know. I think. Okay. So he's so he's got plenty more weight to add. Yeah, he can add some weight. I mean, he plays basketball. He plays lacrosse. Right. So obviously, you're dropping a little bit. Right. Well, yeah. the, the reason I ask is just because because he does have that that speed. Will Muschamp talked about his flexibility when you have a guy like that. You know that's that's kind of what you think of as as the more kind of pass rusher, even if it's an interior pass rusher. But obviously, if he's going to be an every down kind of defensive tackle in the SEC, he's going to have to put on a little bit of weight. There aren't a lot of you know two hundred and seventy five pound defensive tackles in the SEC right now. Is do you think that that's where he is going to be in the mix right away? Do you think there's any chance that Carolina tries to work him in maybe a little bit on the outside, or is he a true defensive tackle? Yeah, I think he's a true tackle. You know, now he could play. Uh, He's versatile to where he could play, like, you know, a zero or one technique, like more of a nose type, or he could be like an attacking, you know, three technique type too. Um, I'll be interested to see where they slot him there, but I think really he could do either of those, you know. 
How much do you expect him to play this year? That's a good question. Um, you know, he's a summer enrollee. I think it would have helped if he could have been, you know, him and don't graduate early there. Um, so obviously anytime you do that, you can, you get on campus early. That helps you. Now they did have some guys contribute last year that got on campus late. Xavier Leggett, Jamie Robinson, Mm -hmm. you know, played a lot, uh, probably some others that I'm, I'm just forgetting right now. So he's got a chance. I'd say, you know, they lose Kinlaw, they lose Kobe Smith. Um, so there is a little bit of an opening there. I wouldn't be surprised if he played, you know, is he going to play <clears throat> 20 snaps a game, every game, and all, you know, 12 or however many games they play. I sort of doubt that. Yeah. No, I, I was wondering, you know, both for, for him and for Birch, obviously highly touted, and Birch maybe it's like a more legitimate conversation, but I think about what Zach Pickens did this year, obviously coming in, similarly highly touted as Birch, Mr. Football, five stars, all those things, played in eight games, played, you know, whatever it was, 12 to 15 snaps a game. I didn't know, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that South Carolina had some nice depth on the defensive line. So I didn't know if that was necessarily like a fair prognostication for for either one of those guys. I guess Boogie in this case was, you know, we don't know officially on Birch yet. But would that surprise you either way? Would that do you seem? Like, do you think that seems like too little or too much playing time? How many snaps for twelve to fifteen a game and eight games for both? Yeah, or just for Birch. Yeah. Or I mean, I, I, we're, we're talking about Huntley in this case, but either I mean, either one. It feels like they'll they'd probably be in a similar range. I feel like it may it'd be less than that, at least at first. You yep. know, maybe he could work his way up. You know, Zach Pickens sort of came along as the year went along last year. Birch, you know, and I same guess he deal. came in at closer to three hundred, didn't Pickens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that helps too. Yeah, uh, you know, and Birch will be a buck type. I mean, obviously you lose DJ Wanham, you got Brad Johnson. Um, you know, Rod Fitton will factor in there. Um, so I th- I th- there's an opportunity, um, you know, game one or, or both those guys played 15 snaps. I don't know yet because, you know, no matter how good a guy is, it's tough <laughs> to go play college football, you know, especially you haven't gone through the spring. So schematically, you know, both of those guys will pick things up very quickly, but you are behind, you know, when, when you're getting there in summer, that it's just a fact of you're behind. So you got some catching up to do from a mental standpoint, a strength standpoint, I, I would tend to think that if those guys, you know, start making a significant impact like that, it'll be later in the season. Other big gift for Carolina yesterday, number one Juco running back, four-star Zaquandre White. South Carolina was looking at him for a while. We talked about him a lot in the lead-up. It sounds like they weren't sure exactly. They had a couple feelers out on a couple other running backs who wanted to take one more, um, whether or not it was White or the other kid. I can't remember Andrew who Parrish. it was. We were talking, yeah, Parrish we were talking about a while ago. It ends up being white. Uh, is that the better of the two gets for South Carolina? Um, I don't know. They're both they're both really good, man. I, I, I think white will, you know. And the other thing they have they have to get them in school. That's going to be the final hurdle to clear there. But assuming they do, you know, this is a guy that's going to I think compete with uh, Marshawn Lloyd, compete with Kevin Harris for you know the starting position. I've you know I've, I've had it that. Lloyd, you know, my prediction is that Lloyd's going to take the first snap of the first game at running back. But, you know, this kid, if he comes in and, you know, learns the playbook quickly, uh, he, he's going to push for playing time. And I, I think, you know, you look at what Thomas Brown has done since he got the job, um, brings in, adds Tavian Feaster as a grad transfer this past year, um, gets Marshawn Lloyd signed, um, Rashad Amos, and now, um, you know, Zaquandre White, number one JUCO, uh, a bounce back guy from Florida State. Um, very impressive, considering that a lot of times if a position group 
loses, you know, four seniors basically, um, that spells bad things. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think he's replenished that position very, very well. I, I think you have to have enough. You have to have at least three guys, probably sometimes more at running back that can actually play because you're going to get banged up at that position. So uh, we've all seen that. Um, yeah, this kid, he's got some speed to him. He can make some plays. He's uh, got some toughness to him. He played some linebacker. Um, they, they really needed to get some guys in this class that are offensive playmakers, that are skill guys, and I, I think they've done that. Will Muschamp was asked yesterday just about the value of bringing in a Juco guy, given that he does have some experience playing college football, obviously played a year for Florida State. I think, didn't he play linebacker that year? His redshirt freshman year? He, yeah, uh, so, so he's been on a college linebacker. football field, even if he's not playing running back, and obviously went to a junior college. So when you're replenishing a group like that, you can't rely entirely on freshmen. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, not helps. Ideally. <laughs> yeah, not ideally. <laughs> now, it still could very well be the case that Marshawn Lloyd could come in as a freshman and be the bell cow back for South Carolina. But now you have some interesting options. Kevin Harris... Your best option of the returning guys between him and Deshaun Fenwick, Marshawn Lloyd, arguably the crown jewel of the class, uh, unless South Carolina does end up landing Birch, and now you have White. Is it going to be those three guys right away from the start? Do you think White has some work to do? Do you think Deshaun Fenwick's going to factor a little bit more into the mix in that running back room? I think it's going to be a very interesting competition. I, I think Lloyd is the most talented guy, in my opinion, just from what we've seen. Um, if he if he is as good on the field as he looked in high school, he's probably going to be really good. And you know, Will Muschamp touched on it yesterday about how you know impressive he's been just in the early going. And the coaching staff hasn't really got their hands on him yet until mm -hmm. they start spring. And so once they do that, I think they'll have a better feel. But uh, you know, I, I think it's open. Um, I think it's just what I you sort of projecting here. I think Lloyd and White are going to have a really good chance to be the guys, and maybe Kevin Harris. You know, shorter yardage. Now, I, I think we could still see, like, I don't think you're going to see, like, four backs play, you know, unless there's injuries or whatever. Uh, but I think it's going to be Lloyd. I think White is a guy that's not going to be as much of an every down back. Hmm. Probably going to be more of, like, a speed sweep guy. So he's, get him he's in space. on the speed end of speed power balance? Yeah. And, and you know, he's not like you know, Tyreek Hill fast or anything like mm -hmm. that, but he's he's more of that type. Uh, but Kevin Harris Jarvis showed Giles some good type. things last year. <laughs> Jarvis Giles. He's, he, you know, Deshaun Fenwick has shown something. He's just been inconsistent. Mm -hmm. So he'll have every chance. Rashad, Rashad Amos, I'm, I'm more leaning towards he's going to redshirt just because, you know, and that's not a bad thing. Redshirt's not a bad word, <laughs> you know, as Muschamp said yesterday. I just think the others are going to be a little bit more ahead of him at this point, whether it's experience in junior college experience on the roster or a little bit more talent right now. Another get that f feels like an increasingly big get for South Carolina, Jakari Caldwell. Wes, you mentioned you were up there at, was it Northwestern, Northeastern, North something in Rock Hill, right? Northwestern. Northwestern. DC, DC is on the phone to cut you out right now. Huh? Why? Oh, is for that not, where he went? Of course. I didn't know that. Dude, he he can't shout out DC, but he, Cloninger <laughs> cannot go 30 minutes <laughs> without telling you that he's from Rock Hill. Uh, so, I knew he was from Rock Hill. I guess I didn't know that he went to North. Yeah, he's a Northwestern Northwest guy. But yeah, J hey, Jakari. It was between Carolina and Tennessee. Yes. Those are the head-to-head -head recruiting matchups that South Carolina needs to win, especially mm -hmm. given that Tennessee wiped Carolina off the field a couple of months ago, embarrassed them up in Knoxville. That's a good get, and this is a guy whose stock seems to be rising by the day. Yeah, and he's a kid that sort of uh, just blew up um, in December. And... Uh, Went from, you know, 
he he went from being a a college player, like he was going to play college ball. It's not like he was completely unknown. Was committed to East Carolina, but um, once his senior year film sort of got out there, it just it exploded for him. And um, Northwestern finally was able to sort of get him the football this past year. And um, guys were like, "Okay, this kid's six four, hundred ninety pounds, good hands. He can actually run. He's got some speed on the top end." Oh, and he's qualified and is a great kid, too. They're like, you know, what are we waiting on? So then it went from, you know, some, like, group of five schools to heavy just, you know, right off the bat, I think, South Carolina, Baylor, Tennessee, NC State, Wake Forest, you know, a bunch of ACCs offer. And, um, you know, next thing he knows, he's he's got a big decision on his hands. So he pushed it to February, which I think was the right call given how quickly it was happening. Took two visits then, took two visits after um, the little break, and um, then very just unceremoniously uh, said, I'm going to South Carolina yesterday, and, and that was that. But I, I think, um, again, great kid, uh, good work ethic. You talk to the guys at Northwestern, they all rave about him. Um, this, this was a needed, going back to, you know, we are talking about the running backs, as far as skill guys. This is a needed pickup mm-hmm. because it's easy to look and say, "Oh, he's a you know he's a three star, whatever." But um, upside, I know that's an overused word in recruiting, but um, because of all those reasons I mentioned, six four, but can run. This mm-hmm. is not a sometimes you know there's a lot of six four wide receivers out there that you can find in high school that are six four but can't really run or separate. You watch the film, top end speed. He's a track kid as well. He's a basketball player. Again, they talk about. You know, liking guys that, that play basketball, you run the floor. I think um, South Carolina's had a lot of success with having wide receivers that have a background in basketball because your hand-eye coordination mm-hmm. um, seems to be refined playing basketball. So, so a true balanced guy, you would say. <laughs> um, what what are what are the speed, balance, possession? He's got to be a balanced guy. I know that's yeah. the cop-out answer on these things, but he yeah, he's a balanced guy all the way. And when you mentioned him being a three-star guy. I mean, I don't know what it is with uh, with you rivals, folks. We all are, y'all are a little, y'all seem to be a little stingier with your grades. He's still listed as three on rivals, twenty four seven. Hasn't listed at four, but either way, he is a borderline guy. And again, with someone like that, where you just I'd see his stock rise, yeah, it, when his stock starts me. rising dramatically like that, that's when you start to get really excited about the upside. So, um, in state kid, important to keep those guys home to win it head-to-head against Tennessee, and to get somebody... I heard a couple people complaining yesterday, oh, well, you know, Carolina's got all these running backs, but there's still no wide receiver playmaking, like the offense isn't going to be any better. I don't know if Caldwell necessarily projects to be someone that could contribute right away, but the cupboard's a little bit bare there for South Carolina. So, I mean, I think he will have every opportunity to come mm-hmm. in and and play if he's ready to do that. Yeah, and I, I think, um, again, that's always hard to project, but uh, there there's an opportunity, like you said, and... If he comes in and can learn the offense quickly, um, seems to be a sharp kid, um, hard worker, like I said. So if he hits the you know the summer program and and uh, can sort of get comfortable early on, then then absolutely they you know they can use a guy. He he's an outside receiver all the way. I think um, you know I I think probably more likely that he maybe is a reserve receiver for them. But I, I think you know you look at second string, um, that's definitely wide open. So. I uh, you know I think he's definitely got a chance to play and um, like I said big big upside big future um, and, and you know to your point beating Tennessee head to head this was not this was not one of those things where Tennessee just sort of offered I mean they sent um, I think it was last week they sent 
uh, Pruitt, uh, Jim Chaney, Chris Winkie, who is the area recruiter for Rock Hill, and T. Martin. Wow. The, all four were at his basketball game um, wow, so last OC, week. OC, quarterback coach, head coach. And area recruiter. And wow. So you, you're not doing that a week before signing day if you're not, like, in, you know, all in on this guy. So they, so they, I think, really wanted him. They got him in on the official, but um, South Carolina just sort of held the cards on this one. There you go. Big time gift for South Carolina. Last guy that put pen and paper yesterday for the Gamecocks. Gilbert Edmond. I'm not saying this to make fun of him, but I feel like his name should be Gilbert Edmonds. I want to put a T at the end of Gilbert and an S at the end of Edmond. This was, I think this took kind of, I mean, definitely me by surprise because I'm surprised by all this because I don't follow recruiting. It sounds like it even took you and Chris a little bit by surprise that they were able to flip him from South a lot, Florida. A lot of it by surprise. Like, yeah. mo- most of the time, I mean, I feel like most of the time we have a pretty good idea of what's could happen. They aren't surprised least. by much. Yeah, like, not that we already always know what is going to happen, but at least we have an idea of, hey, watch out for this. Mm-hmm. You know, completely out of nowhere. Apparently it sort of came together at the last minute. Um, Chris talked to him, um, so we did get we did finally get an interview with him. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it should be on Gamecock Central um, if you want to read the backstory. Um, but, yeah, and, and they took him, you know, he's been listed as like a defensive end, I think, like a weak side defensive end. But yeah, uh, for what and played wide said, receiver in high school as well. Yeah, he played wide receiver. He's only played one year, I guess, um, of defensive end. But Muschamp said they they like him in space. They took him as a linebacker. Yeah, um, he even he had admitted. Um, I thought this was kind of refreshing. He's like, it's a little bit of a of a projection mm-hmm. on our part, but um, to get a little big picture for a second, it's harder and harder um, for colleges to find true linebackers. Um, and I thought this was interesting. This came from a college coach. Um, last year he said the guys that played linebacker 10 years ago, the high school coaches, because everybody is spread offense, everybody is, you know, nobody's in, you know, two running back formations with a tight end running the football down your throat. Those guys that used to be your true linebackers, now schools are just putting them at defensive end and saying go rush the passer trying to get speed on the edge. So – they're they're not used to playing in space, reading gaps, um, you know, doing all the things, diagnosing plays, doing all the things you have to do to play linebacker coverage. You know, you don't have to do a lot of that playing defensive end. So you actually have to project either safeties that you can put weight on, hmm. or quote unquote defensive ends in high school, but that are linebacker size, and you move them back from defensive end. So th- that's a huge projection, and there's a there's a, a learning curve there. So that that's why, you know, people talk talk a lot about linebacker recruiting with South Carolina. Well, it's not really it's not an excuse, but that's just sort of the way it is right now is that it's hard to find good, true, traditional linebackers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Muschamp said he's like, it's a little bit of a projection on our part, yeah. which sometimes though, um, that works out and they want another linebacker. He's an athletic kid and uh, they said Hey, let's roll roll the dice and, and go for it. No, well, that makes sense, and that's really interesting. Obviously, Mokaba, the only other linebacker in the class, will said mm-hmm. they wanted another one, and I mean it was it was good. This is one of those times where it's really nice that we have that press conference and get to hear from Will Muschamp. A lot of it's you know kind of rote, and it's like okay, I mean you got to talk about these kids, whatever. Like it, it's not bad, but you don't usually get a lot of new information. But when I saw this coming down again, my first reaction was, how big a deal is this? This is a three star guy, but the rest of his offer list was like. Central Michigan. He flipped from South Florida. 
Like, it's not like he was a highly sought after kind of guy. Like, Florida State had interest, but I don't think ever even officially offered him. So that's, mm. you look at that and you're like, okay, what does that mean? And then you see he's a defensive end and he's 210 pounds. And it's like, okay, maybe this guy will be, you know, ready, like playing size in like three years. Yeah. And then you find out, okay, well, they actually have a little bit of a different plan for him. And I think that's, when you look at a guy like that, when you're looking at probably recruiting someone and moving him to a new position, the fact that he's already made a switch, like from one right. side of the ball to the other, probably helps because it means he's, probably a pretty intelligent kid. It's easier for him to pick those things up. Like to go from wide receiver to defensive end, it's probably going to be a little bit easier transition just in terms of, I guess, what he's doing on a down-in, down-out kind of basis to go from defensive end to linebacker. And it maybe makes you a little more willing to take a chance on someone like that. And I would think playing wide receiver, um, at least being out there in space, um, having to cover ground as opposed to you know short bursts, which is what he's doing at defensive end, um, some of that maybe lends itself to linebacker and and probably speaks to his athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he can get out there and get open playing wide receiver, not that I've you know seen him play wide receiver. I'm assuming some <laughs> things there, but um, I, I think that speaks to it. And I I think um, getting another linebacker clearly was a, a focus of theirs or a need. And um, you you just never know with recruiting. And and you know South Florida really just got a guy stolen. <laughs> I mean, from right under their noses at the last second. Carolina so. fans really enjoyed that with Jeff Scott, obviously being down there. felt a little felt a little more personal. Um, and and real quick, as we wrap up here, to your point about how linebacking in general changes in football, the two guys that South Carolina has signed in this class now are six three and six four, and like those are the kinds of rangy guys that you need because mm-hmm. they're going to be in coverage a lot. It's a lot of like two linebacker looks, and you're basically a hybrid safety you know, half the time anyway when other teams are going five wide. So and uh, and neither close to two hundred and fifty pounds. Right, but it used to be. That I feel like that was like the almost the standard, you know, like mm-hmm. the Jasper Brinkley, like two hundred and fifty pounds, could knock your head off. Yeah. Um, sized, you know, six one, two fifty, six yeah. two, two fifty. Carolina hadn't had a Jasper Brinkley, I think, since Jasper Brinkley. Yeah. The only yeah. guy that reminds me even remotely of him, and I think he's significantly smaller, but was just a hard hitter, was Jonathan Walton. He was probably what, two thirty, two thirty five? Yeah, two thirty five, I yeah. think. Um but yeah, you just you don't you don't see it anymore. But I you know, and I think Kaba probably one of the few you know, true, like he is a true linebacker. So I think that helps. Now he's he's coming off an injury, so there's mm-hmm. always layers to all this stuff. But um, the fact that he is someone that's played in space and played linebacker probably helps Kaba to be a guy who I think can play and help right away. And probably I think is one of the more under-talked about guys in this class that doesn't get maybe the credit he deserves. Um, mm-hmm. Edmund, you know, I, I think anytime you're projecting, it's like, wait and see you know you see why they took him but um it's going to be completely on his ability to transition and you know them to get him ready for that yeah he's a project but the coaching staff seems at least intrigued by his upside and that uh mm-hmm. that wraps up the 2020 class except for jordan sort of. birch yeah sort of maybe hear from him by sunday that was both your and chris's predictions but who knows it could actually be never we don't know we'll do a podcast as soon as we get an official word on that um, but that basically does it for all of the 2020 signing period. Uh, y'all got some deals going on for people that want to be a part of Gamecock Central and what y'all are doing. Yeah, um, we always have GC Pod um, promo. That'll get you 30 days free. Um, but if you already know you want to sign up, just uh, put Gamecocks in the uh, field there, the promo field there, and uh, it'll get you 50% off. Uh, you can't combine those, though. So if you already know that you want to be on, go ahead and use Gamecocks and, and get your 50% off. Cool. A lot of good stuff, and if you don't want to miss any of what's going on with Jordan Birch over the next couple days, Chris has a Jordan Birch update 
on the page right yeah, now. Yeah, but you got to be a subscriber to read. Yes. So do that if you don't want to miss anything. If you don't want to be the last person that your friends are texting, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and you're like, what's going on? Because you're not subscribed to Gamecock Central. Just go ahead and do it. Make your life a whole lot easier and a lot better if you want to be up to date on all that stuff. And this podcast we do for free because we're just very generous people like that. And if you want us to keep doing it, if you like it, want to give us feedback, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, everything on the Gamecock Central Podcast Network, Colin Taylor and I. Rolling a couple times a week with the hard foul, talking a lot of Carolina basketball. We're going to do a pod tomorrow. He's driving back from Oxford right now. Plenty to talk about as Carolina got shellacked down there at the uh, at the pavilion. We'll be able to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. I do want to give a little quick uh, shout out to City Limits Barbecue. I um, had those guys for um, catering for uh, Super, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I saw you tweeting about that. Dude. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, shout out to Robbie. He's a big Gamecock fan. Um, he hooked us up with this huge plate of meat, dude. They have this thing that is like um, their beef ribs. Mm-hmm. Seriously looks like a freaking dinosaur bone. It's like a thing out of Flintstones. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. And they have Gouda mac and cheese. I Ooh, I, I am that. a uh, fiend for like any any type of pasta, honestly. Mm-hmm. But mac and cheese. But it's like a little bit more of an adult mac and cheese, mm-hmm. you know. Dude, it, it it was really good. So a lot of times, um, he's got a food truck, so you don't you have to go to his Instagram, like City Limits Q, I think it is, to find where he's gonna be. A lot of times he'll be at Craft and Draft on Divine. So Craft and Draft, you get a free shout, I guess. But um, <laughs> City Limits Q um, on Instagram. But dude, check check him out when you got it. Have you have you tried him before? Yeah, I had him at Craft and Draft actually. Okay. Yeah. Good, right? Super dank. Yeah. What I did didn't you have get? the good mac and cheese. I think I just. They remember. got good smoked wings too. Oh, that, I think that's what it's I got. Like dry I think rub. That's what I got. Yeah, it was it was a while ago, but yeah, the, I think it was the smoked wings. Um, he has legit like Texas style brisket, which mm-hmm. you know, I need to, yeah, I need to try little, everything on there. You you have that a little bit more around here than you used to. It used to be brisket. It was all pulled pork around here, I mm-hmm. think. But uh, he's got brisket, pulled pork, uh, smoked wings. Um, constantly changing his menu, but um, or adding things, I should say, not changing it. So. Yeah, check check them out. Uh, appreciate it, Robbie. It was amazing. Sweet. There you go. Sounds awesome. I appreciate uh, the invite to your to your big game watch party, Wes. With all the great barbecue. Maybe <laughs> next year. Maybe after we pod for another year. Thank you all so much for listening. For Wes, for Chris, I'm Pearson. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We'll talk to you next week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-8-
1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.